Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. Normal service resumes. Hello, welcome back, Murray. How's all day? Yeah, it was great. Uh, really good time. Really, really good time. Um, and good job on the uh, last episode when I wasn't here. Um, you say good job. There was a substantial amount of time missing from it. Well, apart from the little missing time. but Had to do know, a little PSA in the middle of it just to say, that. sorry, everyone. We've all done that. It's okay. Um, no, yeah, good job. Um, I did, in fact, listen um, in on the flight home um, and it was definitely surreal listening to the episode when you're not partaking in the episode. So it was really fresh tape because normally what happens is when we record the episode, then I listen back, you know, obviously like nearly three times when I'm I'm doing the editing and stuff, going through the different lines and stuff. So um, I'm used to kind of listening to it as I go along. But yeah, it was, it was interesting listening in. Were you the only one of us who had a 100% record up to then uh-huh. as well? I was, yeah. So that's been destroyed now. Oh, yep. well. The, the Iron Man run is over. Yeah, the, the, the holiday was worth it, I think. I think it was okay to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> highlight... Um, highlight, well, obviously from a hockey point of view, I'd probably say obviously going to uh, the garden um, and seeing the Rangers. It's um, lovely rain, isn't it? Yeah, it was pretty, it was really good. Really, really great atmosphere. Good chatting to a lot of the, the fans and stuff. Um, you actually, didn't get beer through at you and people swearing at you? No. just my experience. Actually, what, that's you. You're the one who gets drunk and throws other people's hats on the ice. What actually, it's your own fault if you get pints thrown at you. What actually bonded, there was actually two moments of bonding that happened in the, in the, at the arena. Um, the first one would actually happen with, um, with, with the fans I was sitting around um they kind of mentioned about the jersey first and foremost because obviously it was wearing a belfast chance jersey and they were like oh nice jersey how's it you, you weren't wearing your door 14 jersey no then? i was wearing belfast chance one um and i was just, just explaining to them you know where it was from and everything else and then they were chatting about just general stuff that was going on in the nhl at the time and they were, they were like oh the new coach took over in toronto what was his name what's his name and i went sheldon keith i'm also a toronto fan but also his brothers are coach for our and they were like no way so that was the first moment of bonding and then the second moment was coming out of uh, after the period one um, going out to get coffees and coming out of the tunnel and bumping into a Sheffield Steelers fan just walking around in the, the just outside well, it was every, like, <laughs> every holiday has a low point <laughs> it was one of the, it was that Spider-Man moment where we were like both pointing each other like hey hey and then we could have just briefly chatted um, but you know it was great um, we also um, stopped by the we, I didn't get to go to the Boston game it was just way too expensive um, at the time but I stopped by the arena anyway um, and got a, a nice selfie with the, the Bobby R statue and oh, stuff good. but no. So we were we were talking about this the other night and uh, you've got the, the photo with uh, Bobby. I yeah. have a photo with uh, the Rocket Richard yeah. statue in Montreal. You got a photo with Dave? Um, when we went to the game, I was, you managed not to find any Preds fans, but I found millions of Wild fans. So yeah, they're all alive. <laughs> they're alive and they're alive like and important. Richard never bought you drinks. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, statue can't buy you drink. Yeah, Richard also <laughs> never gave me a banging hangover the next morning either. <laughs> Thanks, wild fans. <laughs> um, but yes, no, great job. Um, and uh, sad to miss the uh, the ABCs of hockey last week because we're not going to have it this week because Aaron is MIA tonight. No so. more, no more ABCs in 2019. No, it'll be uh, our next recording, hopefully in January. Um, Aaron will be back. It's his birthday tomorrow. Um, so, uh, well, today, if you're listening to this, it's his birthday today. Um, tomorrow for us. Uh, let's let's not say. Let's not say we know why he's not here tonight. But so, basically, we got told that. He was told by his wife to be, in inverted commas, 
available. <laughs> I think it's just for a birthday present. Mm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Have fun, oh, Aaron. Oh dear. Um, so yes, we're um, happy birthday, Aaron. Um, for today slash tomorrow, like the yeah, confusion. Anyway. Um, let's get stuck in. We have a, a good bit to talk about. Uh, this is our festive episode, kind of, and I've looked through the running order and some of the stories are quite depressing for a festive episode, but hey. <laughs> we um, all totally came dressed for it too. We <laughs> clearly did. <laughs> uh, we were also supposed to do our, our secret Santa tonight, but, um, again, Aaron decided not to come, yeah, so thanks, therefore Aaron. we can't do it. So he spoiled everything. Um, Ruined Christmas. So let's do, as we always do, and we'll take a look at the standings across the leagues, starting here in the Elite Ice Hockey League in the UK. Uh, sitting first is the Sheffield Steelers with uh, 26 points from 32 or 32 points from 26 games played. Cardiff are sitting in second with 30 points from 22 games played. The Belfast Giants sit in third with 30 points from 24 games. Guildford in fourth with 28 points from 22 games played. Nottingham in fifth with 26 points from 24 games. Glasgow in sixth with 25 from 24 games played. Coventry with 24 points for um, 24 games played sitting in seventh and the five flyers sit in eighth with 22 points from 25 games played sitting at the bottom then propping up the league is the manchester storm moving into ninth with 20 points from 24 games played and dundee stars with 15 points from 25 games played guys we'll take a wee look at the league first before we move on to the challenge cup um let's let's get your thoughts on this i mean sitting now Christmas time, we always talk about it. We talk about it every year. I think it's it's quite, I don't know if it's, you know, it's one of those cliched type things to say, but, you know, we're coming into the business end of the season. We're coming into that really busy point of the season around the Christmas period where you have, was it like nine games usually in like 18 days or something? You just like, it's a ridiculous amount over the course of a really short amount of time. Um, I mean, it's it's still looking quite tight there at the top between the first top four teams, shall we say, um, all sitting kind of within points of each other. Um, you know, obviously Sheffield are with a couple of games in hand over everyone else, but um, what's your thoughts on that? Starting with either of you, John. <laughs> well, um, the league's the league. Um, we all in Belfast, we like to talk about the, the season where we were under Paul Eady as head coach that we basically had the league wrapped up before Christmas. Um that team was just an absolute steamroller and just owned the league. This, the league now doesn't have a team uh, that are leaps and bounds above anyone else. Uh, there are a couple of teams that aren't quite on the same page yet, but in the main, we have a decent amount of parity here now. Uh, we are in this situation where we've got five, six, seven teams really who could be in the running come the end of the season. That's what we're looking at now. Um, Cardiff do look strong. Uh, they've kind of rallied recently. They're on a, a rich vein of form. They're they're getting wins. They're getting big wins. Uh, one of which we're going to talk about in a minute, even though we probably don't want to as Belfast fans. Uh, but it doesn't involve the league, so we're not going to talk about it now. Um, Guildford are looking like an absolute force now in the league. They have motored up the table, up into fourth place now. Um, they're not far behind. And if they get a run of results, they could be sitting top. Uh, at some point through the the next three months of league action mm. so I, honestly i think you're probably looking at the top six for a league winner I, do, I don't think you can look much beyond glasgow um coventry unless they really surprise us and definitely not fife i'm afraid to say i don't think we're going to see a fife uh league win this year 
Um, but really anywhere from Sheffield down to uh, Nottingham or Glasgow, I think that's that's your winner there. So Glasgow had a had a really nice, good, strong start. Um, you know, at the start of the season, um, we were quite impressed by the how they came out, um, all guns blazing, um, under their new coaching there. Um, do you think, Dave, the um, they've slumped a bit at this point? Do you think there's something's happened there for the team? Or do you think, uh, you know, do you think this is where, we're, where they're going to be finishing towards the end of the season? Yeah, I think that there's so much left in this this league. You know, we are probably what what are we talking fifty something games? We are mm. sort of halfway through the fixtures. It all could change between now and the end of the year. You know, there's 12 points. When was the last time you've seen 12 points between first and ninth? Yeah. 12 points, what's that? Six wins? Yep. You know, that's one run of form can take you. Now, you have to have the whole league fall apart, but it can take you from the top to the bottom, you know. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk about the NHL in a minute, and I'm sure John will agree with me that that can't happen. <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny it. I will uh, disagree with that with you. Sticking with the with the league, um, two other questions um, for you guys to see what your thoughts are on this. So the Giants, obviously sitting in third, we're Giants fans. Um, a lot of uh, you know complaints happening about the Giants, and I think there is probably evidence there to show that the Giants run a form and and well shots on goal and 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 actual physical actual. Re- goals shall we say like actual finishing and putting goals in are, are dying I think that in the statistics show that you know we are quite low on that but sitting in third place um, you know 24 games play at 30 points um, you know sitting pretty st- pretty much still up there in contention in the league um, do you think the uh, fa- do you think fans are a bit jumping a bit too quickly at sky has yeah, fallen or I what's your thoughts a, a lot of um, recent vocal fans you know within the last three years um maybe slightly more um which they are you know we all expect to win i'm not going to say that whenever you see the giants lose it doesn't sound like a punch in the gut but when you came if you were me and marty joined as proper fans you know coming to every game during an awful run of form i think the first maybe two or three games were massive big shipments like there were awful goals we'd know our, our uh, me and that minder left and um Cree um was was playing in nets and then we uh signed uh Lyle and went on a bit of a run but we finished what fifth mm-hmm. that year yeah um I didn't detract from the fact that I found a team that I you know 100% bought into and um you know and got there and, and so every single season I can always go back and compare to that yeah and we've seen some great seasons and some dung seasons between now and then but in the last, from about Christensen, if you weren't winning, if you weren't second or first, it wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, and yes, I believe that that's, you should be aiming for first all the time. Sometimes you need to take it with what it is. Sometimes the other teams just are slightly better um, and you can't always be the best team in the world. Um, I do think the Giants still have it in them. Statistically wise, they're still well within that and you know, Owens on us any given night can be the best netminder in the league. Um, we just need to score goals, and I think they will come. Um, and you know, we remember watching um, the the season under Thorts where we won the uh, Challenge Cup and Knockout Cup, uh, scoring goals with uh, Paul Denisett, and then he came back for half a season and was absolute dung. Mm. Couldn't get the puck in the net. It just sometimes happens. Sometimes they just you can't you can't uh, you can't hit they can't get can't get the goal and just takes time to get psychologically back into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all it is. Is 100%. They hit a rough form. And you see it, the Bray, uh, Bray hit game was a 5-1. Um, you know, they managed to find goals there. Now that's 
they're probably now going after we're talking about the Carter game. Is, is that, you know, just where they was the clan on a bad night? But you'll see. True. Uh, last question before we move on to the Challenge Cup. Um, your thoughts on the Dundee Stars sitting uh, 10th um, in bottom place in the Elite League right now. I mean, they started off, um, you know, had a really good start to the season, especially with their Challenge Cup, um, you know, competition. Um, your thoughts on that? Is that a surprise, do you think, John? What's your thoughts? Um, it's certainly not a surprise when you look at their goals against. Uh, they are the worst for goals against. They're sitting in 10th with 103 goals scored against them across, uh, I believe it's 25 games. Mm. Um, so that's a lot. Uh, that's what, roughly <laughs> that's lot. four. Very roughly eloquent four, of you there, John. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Mr. Matt. Um, but they average in four goals against per game, uh, which is pretty pretty brutal um they seem to however have a lot of confidence in their netminder um so clearly that's a a defense issue we've heard very similar talk here in belfast that it's not a netminding issue uh that it's a defense issue yeah which uh, we'll probably talk about against um but we talk about that we the goals goals against we're we're second there's only 63 goals have been scored against the giants the only person the only team better believe it or not is the guilford flames Mm sitting with 10 less goals scored against them. So they are they're just losing games. Um, so they're sitting with 67 goals for, 53 goals against. They must be just losing these games. Yeah. Um, so I think that paints a picture. When you look at Dundee, the other side, it's only 70 goals for against 103 against. Um, that's pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, but if you want to look at the, the stats I was looking at them just while you guys were talking there um, the biggest issue if you like for uh, a lot of these teams why they're losing games especially the Belfast Giants is special teams um, the uh, power play percentages are incredibly shocking uh, for some of these teams Belfast Giants are currently sitting ninth in special teams uh, with power play uh, effectiveness being just over 15% um, the only team worst interestingly enough if you had to guess who would you think it would be? Nottingham Panthers. That's because you've got it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really Jesus. guess. It's not really guess. There's Marty sitting there. He could have guessed, but he had to ruin it. <laughs> I think I prefer the podcast without you on it. Okay, looking across, um, let's let's put ourselves out of our misery and let's look at the Challenge Cup. And we'll get to that game last night um, in a minute. But Challenge Cup uh, quarterfinals are now complete. If I'm 100% correct, I think all teams have now completed yep. both games. Um, so the final the final lineup of final four teams looks to be... Now, if I've got this correct, let me get this right. Nottingham Panthers, Sheffield Steelers, Cardiff Devils, and the Glasgow Clan. Yep, so yes. the Steelers, the way, the way that the <laughs> I was seeding, looking there and like, I think it is, but yes. The way that the seeding works is, off the top of my head, it is uh, Glasgow versus Sheffield and... Um, Cardiff against Nottingham. Yeah, uh, that's exactly. To go through for the final. Here. Um, so as as of last night, for the first time in three years, as in three years, the Belfast Giants have been kicked out of the Challenge Cup. Uh, guys, as Giants fans, um, it was a tough one last night. Well, let alone the fact that it's a two, it's a six period game, if you like. Uh, these knockout games, they're they're not one offs. They're also not played as a, a series. It's an aggregate score. It's 120 minutes of hockey. Belfast Giants scored a nice round puck shaped zero goals. Later, goose egg. Yeah. Uh, well, Keith said that himself in his post game interview. He uh, came out and said it was disappointing that the team came out in a game like that and laid mm. an egg as big as they did. 
Um, he was not a happy coach, and understandably, um, you just have to look at the social media response to that. Um, and we talked a little bit about stats and things earlier on. Now, I can't confirm these at all. This is just anecdotal stuff that I've seen on social media. But if it's led to be believed, we are three three times in the last five games, we've been shut out. And five times in the last 14 games, the Belfast Giants have been shut out. It's not good statistics. That's that's shocking. No. The, the goals are just not... And we spoke about it. The goals are just not coming. Um... We, we talked at the start of the season about the way that this team looked like that they were set up to play. They looked like they were an all-offense team. It was score one more goal than the opposition. If they score five, we score six. Um, the defensemen are activating up into the play. Problem is, that just continually looks like we're being left open at the back yep. and we're allowing odd man rushes. Which um, gives that uh, feel that the defense is suffering. You know, yeah. Um, so, no, well, maybe it's the fact that the guys that we've got there in defence can't play that system. I, I don't know. Um, it's a very different system from... Um, I, I know I said the last time we won the league. I know we won it last year. Uh, the last time someone else didn't lose the league and handed it to us uh, when AD won it, that was a an all-round, heavily defensively-minded defence, but an, an incredibly effective offence. We don't have the offence. And because so many of our goals are coming from the D at the minute, they're pressing so high into the play to try and get those goals that were giving them up 100%. on the other side. I think it was one of the last games, I think it was, I think it was, last, it could have just been even last week, it might have just been last week's game, even though we won last week's game. There was at one point, I think the very start of the game, when I think I turned around and said, to, no, I think I said to my nephew who was with me, because I think you didn't, you I was there late, at that point. I didn't see the first goal. Um, and I'd said to my nephew, I was like, why, like, why are they so deep in the in the, the offence? Like, why are they so, why is our defencemen so deep in the offensive zone right now? They don't need to be. Why are they? And then right enough, then there was that's when they were. Um, I think didn't. It's Glasgow. Can't Glasgow fifty two seconds and in scored against us. That's how it happened. It was just like it was just like at one point I was like they're really deep in. I don't understand why they're so far forward. And then yeah, they broke away and got got that goal. It was just like right okay. No, this I mean admittedly that going that one goal down activated that team and they ran out and scored five. Um, against Glasgow you've then got a Challenge Cup and we've seen it before we've seen the opposite happen in the Challenge Cup with the Giants before we've seen us go on a two-leg game against Nottingham we've gone in with jog my memory was it a two or a three-goal lead Mm -hmm. we went into Nottingham with and we got absolutely outplayed this time we completely can you beep something for me? (laughs) we completely um, and got goose-egged at home and then we sort of walk out, uh, or walk out, well, pretty much walk out to the Viola Arena, um, <coughs> knowing that there has to be some kind of response, some kind of answer in the game, and the guys did nothing. In fact, what they did was not produce anything of any great uh, percentage or volume or anything, any heart at all, to the point that they then got frustrated with themselves and started taking stupid penalties. Um, we saw in the third period the amount of stupid penalties that just led to absolutely no activity from the team all the way to the point of Blair Riley being able to get under the skin of Bobby Farnham to the point that with and admittedly it's only a couple of minutes to go I think it was less than two minutes to go Bobby Farnham was sent to the changing room by the referee because they knew that if he came back out he was going to start something and you've got the image now of our former captain who now plays for the Devils waving Bobby Farnham down the tunnel Uh, now admittedly Brilliant job, Blair Riley. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he has to for his team. 
Um, he's not the captain. He's not carrying that responsibility now. So yep. he can go out and be that guy. He can play that role that he probably never really could for us. Um, and he did, he executed it well. So one hundred percent. Whenever he, he, when you look at the goal, or the shots, the shots on goal um, for that game. Now I have only seen the highlights, so obviously not all these shots on goal are are part of it. Um, did but, you see any highlights? I've uh, seen some of them. I sort of flicked them. No, on. no. Was there was there any highlights? Oh, yeah, uh, 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 I know what you mean. E- um, but the uh, when you look at the shots on goal, the the giant shots are not. They're all from the same place. They're all from just above the uh, face-off circles, um, in a big long straight line, um, which isn't working. Well, the other the other thing as well, you talk about the shots. I mentioned this to you late last night, Marty, when we were at the cinema. Um, we were kept to three shots on goal in the second period. Jeez. Yeah. Low. Now, I mean, is that? And I, I don't know. I, I'm not a, a coach. I'm not a manager. I know what I know from sitting in the stands. But is that poor offense from the Giants? Was that an excellent job done by the Devils? Like, was it a combination of both? I don't know. But that's the reality. We have seen this Giants team go out and put fifty plus shots on the board. In fact, I think there was a couple of games we put sixty plus shots on the board, and somewhere around that maybe not all on target but maybe 60 attempts at goal but were, they, were these to... were these uh were these sse t- shots well i say in inverted commas because you know they're kind I know. Of, they're kind of air inflated quotes. air quotes sse <laughs> shots because they, i feel like they're quite inflated like no well regardless of whether they are or not like this we know this team is out there to take shots on goal now admittedly about probably 90 percent of them are straight at the logo on the opposition netminder's chest but um to be kept to three shots on goal in yeah. a, a second period of a knockout game where you're yep. already, um, I think we would have been at least two or three goals behind on the aggregate by that point. That's just smacks of no effort and no impact at all from the players, no. which is incredibly difficult to take as a fan. And that's great because that will bring us into a story we're going to talk about in period one when it, when it comes to player, players and, and everything else has been said. Um, so hold on to that and what we'll do is we'll move quickly over across the pond and we'll look at the standings in the NHL and get stuck into period one. Starting in the NHL, we're looking at the eastern side of the country in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, sitting in top place is the Washington Capitals with... Uh, 36, 35 games played and 53 points. New York Islanders are in second with 46 points from 32 games played. And Carolina Hurricanes are in third place with 44 points from 34 games played. Bunch of jerks. Uh, in the Atlantic Division, Boston Bruins still sit comfortably at the top there. Uh, in first place with 49 points from 35 games played. Followed by Buffalo with 39 points from 35 games played. And Montreal in third with 38 points points from 34 games wild card spots are held by pittsburgh and philadelphia uh across the country then in the western side and looking at the central division st louis sit top with uh 50 points from 36 games played colorado in second with 47 points from 34 games and winnipeg in third with 42 points from 34 games played in the pacific division arizona sit top with 44 points from 36 games played Vegas in second with 43 points from 37 games played and Edmonton then in third with 42 points from 37 games. Wildcard spots held by Dallas and Calgary. Guys, um, the three of us sitting in this room right now, um, we're, yeah, our teams aren't in the best. Suppose third, John, we're both sitting kind of that third spot there in the wildcard slots. 
John, you're sit- or Dave, you're sitting in Minnesota, sitting there in fourth. Same points, though. Same points. Um, they have two games in hand, like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, your thoughts? I mean, it's it's again, you know, we're we're halfway through that season as well over there in in, in America. Um, it's the first time in a while. I'm sure if Aaron was here, he'd be cheering because he's obviously sitting in a wild card spot there. I don't know if they'll hold on to it, but I'm hoping not because uh, we're quite on, we're on their heels quite quickly. Um, Toronto, that is. Um, Obviously, with the changes being made, there's been a few, you know, definitely a large improvement. We're now in the pluses, plus sides. We're now on a winning streak. We're now increasing our, our home, um, our home actual wins as well, which is which is massive. Um, a lot more happening here, um, which obviously I'm happy about. Um, so only time will tell. Hopefully, we can fall back into a wild card spot or kind of build back up into that one of those top three spots. That's me hoping, but we'll see what happens. Uh, what's your thoughts and your opinions, guys, John? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, I'm going to sort of concentrate more on the West. Um, you've got Dallas and Calgary, who are two teams who surprised me sitting in those wildcard spots with, obviously, both teams have gone through coaching changes over the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. Um, I, obviously, am looking for Dallas to take a bit of a uh, drop in form. They're on a, a one-loss streak at the minute. Um, come New Year's Day, I want them to be absolutely demolished <laughs> by Nashville uh, in the Winter Classic in the, the Cotton Bowl. But um, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Obviously, we know that a lot of players and teams, we saw it in Toronto with the coaching change there, players obviously react like they are playing for their jobs because they are. You bring in a new coach, and unless it's someone from inside the organisation who they know already, they don't know how that coach is going to react. They don't know if they're going to be sent down uh, to the AHL. Um, or young guys or different guys are going to be brought up or recalled or whatever's going to happen. So I'm surprised to see them still clinging on in those wildcard spots. Uh, the Yotes, still a massive surprise, sitting top of Pacific. Um, the big sign-in as well this yep. uh, week, wasn't it? Yeah, massive. I, I'm really surprised by that, the fact that they're sitting Paul, first. Paul, wasn't it? No. Um, that was a big, That's I mean, that's that's a huge, like, massive surprise for me. I'm kind of like, oh, that's, that's unusual I think to see. Um, him and uh, Kessel play really well together. Too. They're on yeah. the line. I think uh, they're the team announced that they're playing on a line together. Um, I, it's it. What's interesting though has happened this week. Actually, it happened today. Actually, as of today, which would be interesting to see. Clearly, Los Angeles um have had a really bad run of form. LA's had a really bad run this last two seasons, shall we say? Haven't even made it to the playoffs, whatever else. And I know, but looks of things, they're trying to kind of change some things around by trying to free up some cap space to maybe look at maybe some um, mid-season signings or some you know something around. Kolvachuk today was announced as pretty much not released. As of, but he's been put on, um, basically been put up um, as a free agent, and they've uh, encouraged them to seek other employment, um, and they will do the same. So if they find the right player, they're basically going to kick into the curb. He hasn't played since I think November, start of November. Um, but they're they're releasing him so they can build, they can have up have a, a large pot he of must money. Have a big... Yeah, I think he's on a huge contract there with them. So he's been released after what one season back mm. in the NHL. That's bad for him, but it'll be interesting to see what LA does. Um, they've moved up into seventh. Now that's not impressive because obviously they were sitting at the bottom but again um you know they're moving up and and they're obviously looking to make some changes this coming um you know this coming january with the uh when when it opens for mid-season trading so it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of the other teams moving in towards the playoffs um when it comes to that that point i'm I'm sitting in the wild there i'm a bit i'll say concerned um if we could keep going we're looking at another mid-table finish which really doesn't help anybody um we're not the the Wild do have a few youngsters that they've been playing, which have worked really well. They're obviously still struggling with uh, netminder coverage. Um, Dupnik's wife, 
Mountain yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about that. I think a day that you weren't our know, podcast that you weren't here for the record. She's not well. Um, I don't think there's been any additional news. It was a, a bit of a mystery condition. They didn't know exactly what was wrong with her. So he's not uh, so. isn't traveling with the team, which means you're looking at Staylock as the starter. And uh, do you know what? Pepper. Though, see, see, to be fair, sometimes that's not a bad thing. I know from looking at the Preds at the minute. Um, Saros is coming good for us. Rene's having problems, and um, Staylock is going to be the future of your netminding, the same way that Juicy Saros is going to be the future yeah, of netminding in Nashville. Staylock's good. Um, he's a cracking backup. I don't know if he's the material to start looking at building your team around. Um, that was meant to be Darcy Kepper, who's now the starting netminder for the Coyotes. So that was, a, in my opinion, was an awful trade when they made that decision. But You yeah, guys didn't make a lot of good trades that time, to be no, fair. Made a whole fucking dungs. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so part of me sort of, I'm happy that the Wild have started to find a bit of form and started to win a few games, but the other side of me sort of going, well, just get your, your young guys out, give them all the ice time, and you'll look at maybe next year, the year after. It's goes. also, it's kind of weird um, it's difficult to take league positions at this time of year in the NHL, especially seriously. Like we obviously put no a lot of um, time and effort into looking at the elite league because we're in that position where the the league is the important trophy. <coughs> um, especially this year, if you're Belfast Giants, um, the league is the most important one you've got this year because <laughs> we, we can't do the Challenge Cup anymore. Um, but with the NHL, it's all about getting those top positions come the last day of the regular season. Yep. We're halfway through at that point. A lot can change unless you're the likes of uh, Detroit or the Kings, the Ducks, or amazingly the Blackhawks, yep. um, who are sitting, I think, almost rock bottom of the league, if maybe just above Detroit. Um, I'm not going to spend any time looking at the numbers on that. But um, So, I mean, <laughs> it's difficult to look at it and take anything from it because obviously the NHL is a postseason competition like that's where we start taking interest that's where we start looking as long as your team is there uh, but it's February is when I start taking any real interest in what's happening regular season yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye on where the, the Preds are in the table I'll keep an eye on results especially if uh, the Preds are going to keep getting results like they did a couple of nights ago winning uh, scored eight goals that's fantastic um, but in the main I'm not going to take much stock out of it until about February time and then no. I'll look and see where the teams are. And I think that's about right. Um, I think for, as you say, for the NHL, you know, obviously the um, the playoffs are the, the main thing, but it's those points, uh, those places come towards, the, it starts to hot up. Um, everything starts to heat up around about February, uh, February, March time. So we'll definitely, obviously, in the second half of our, of the well, the first, the, in the new year, <laughs> in the second half first season, we'll obviously be focusing quite a bit on that anyway. Okay, I think that really takes us to the end of our intro part which has been quite long a long intro yeah. it was um, but like a lot of stuff's out of the way so when warm the, when ups warm ups it's it warm ups 20 yeah. minute warm up gets out well it was longer than 20 minutes but <laughs> I'm just saying um, but if nobody else has anything else we will get swift move swiftly on no, to our push on. period one of hockey Okay, period one of hockey is our roundup and coverage of hockey from the UK, both in the Elite League, uh, NIHL, or further afield, anything really that's local. Um, guys, let's get started. We we finished off um, towards the end of our chat in um, our warm up there um, about um, obviously a bit of, um, you know, obviously no goals are common and stuff for the Belfast Giants and a couple of other bits and pieces. So let's get a look at um, two 
we'll start off with the two signings that were made this week um, in the Elite League, one from the Coventry Blaze and one from the Belfast Giants. Um, starting with the Belfast Giants, um, the Giants, Belfast Giants uh, announced the arrival of Ricard Palmberg for the 20th anniversary season. Um, they'd said, obviously, with the number of injuries uh, building up and impacting the lineup over the last few weeks, they had to make a move to bring in uh, this 30-year-old player um, to help out, especially with this nine games in 18 days um, that were about to go on in December. Um, Palmberg will be wearing number 91 for the Belfast Giants um, and started for the first game there against in the Challenge Cup against uh, Cardiff. Um, he is coming in from uh, the Czech Extra League, uh, Extra Liga, Extra Liga, Extra Liga. Yeah. Uh, after joining in the off-season there. Um, previously then also played a um, number of seasons in Sweden uh, in Division 1 there um, within Sweden um, points weren't too bad 56 goals 29 assists good for 85 points in 126 games played there in Sweden um, three seasons with HC Vida Haston um, last year he was with Timra IK for the Swedish Elite League posted 9 goals 22 assists 31 points in 46 games Um Guys, your thoughts on this one? He's not what you would call an out-and-out goal scorer. Uh, looking through his stats, uh, if you go back to pick an arbitrary number here of the 16-17 season in the Alsvenskan, um, he had 24 goals, um, 15 assists, 39 points. Um, that's pretty much his career highlight season as far as goals go. Many games is that over? Uh, 45 games. Um, Not terrible. The next season, 14 goals, 8 assists, good for 22 points over 27 games. Uh, Then uh, 9 goals, 22 uh, for 31 over 46. So, I mean, he is producing. Obviously, I think the Giants are are in a corner now. We're at this point of the year. We're close to Christmas. Uh, we're well into December. The Giants are struggling to score goals, but there's only certain guys are on the market. Yeah. Um, the guys and, that are producing aren't going to be real. Yeah, nice. exactly. If guys are scoring goals, then they're not there. Uh, I know that the way that the Giants announced this signing uh, was quite funny. <laughs> um, so they put up the, the usual post on Twitter and Facebook of the empty locker room stall. Um, the thing was the night before uh, everyone noticed that a certain Mr. Darcy Murphy was back in <laughs> Belfast uh, here to graduate from his Ulster University course um, lots of people on uh, social media going is it is it is he back is he back is he coming back to score goals no no he's not no. Um, I, it's, it's Rickard Palmberg I, I knew it was never going to happen but I did it in our chat I was like I wish it was yeah. I really wish but I knew it was never going to be um, the Giants do move usually around about this time of year to bring in the player last year we brought back um, we last year we brought um we we had um a sign on Christmas Day I think wasn't it last it year it was yep um and whenever they they announced the sign in last year for, on Christmas Day and so and the year before I think we also brought in halfway through the season as well we brought in um support as well um in the previous season I think we have we have form of doing this so yeah, it's not surprising the same in the yeah um and um I'm trying to think who else was brought in the previous seasons halfway through Smooth was brought in um, halfway through as well was he yeah he was yep. brought in and I think wasn't didn't uh previous number ninety one Rutherford as well did he not come in halfway through a season who? two um anyway can um, we can we just Take a second to acknowledge that Ricard, while we haven't seen him play in Belfast yet, 
Uh, I did a, watch him. Did look quite good. He looks like a Swedish ultra. That's a, that's yeah. a smolder and a half right there. It is like he, he just looks like um, the sort of guy who I think could repeat the um, scaffolding scaling that we saw from the uh, wasn't it a Swiss uh, fan who Swiss. came over uh, and decided to climb the arena basically from the inside out. Um, he looks like the kind of guy who might do that if we uh, I don't know run and storm the league uh, if he knows how to down pints and just starts uh, clambering all over the place. Other signings this week. Um, come in the form of the Coventry Blaze making a change to their goalie um, I don't care that you put it in I'm taking it you can do the no no part. no sorry I was being an idiot so normally I have my iPad here oh you're trying to touch the screen and I was trying to touch the screen <laughs> on my laptop like an idiot um, next change was obviously the Blaze making um, making moves and bringing in a new goalie in the form um, of the 28 year old American netminder CJ Mott um, six foot uh, native from unless that their article says six foot basket case then he's not going to fit in, in <laughs> <laughs> um, he joins the team from HC Innsbruck uh, where he played 16 times this season in in the Austrian league um, previously he has iced near 200 games in the AH, AHL and ECHL and also named ECHL All-Star in 2016-17 with Quad City Mallards uh, prior to that he was an NCAA All-Star player for Ferris State University um, I suppose for this one what was pretty interesting was um, that uh, uh, Coventry I think a lot of the fans were very surprised by this uh, signing I don't think the fans were expecting a netminder, netminder yeah. as the signing I think they were all able to identify the fact that their their actual difficulty whether or not they're, they're the only ones thinking it and the coach doesn't think it but the fans were, were kind of all shouting out that actually it, it wasn't the goaltending it was defence it's a defensive issue um, so I think most players or most fans around maybe I'm wrong but a lot of fans a couple of people a couple of a couple of um, you know people I've got to know through through hockey here Coventry fans like even there on Twitter were like yeah, this is coming out of left certain, field certain Belfast Giants we also have a Belfast Giants fan who's over there and he's, he was the same actually yep, the same. he said the same I think it came out of left field where it was kind of he had some very choice words to say about the coach. As yeah, well, which, that, well, that was true. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Coach uh, Danny Stewart obviously making this decision to bring in a, a goalie to hopefully fix um, the issues there in Coventry. Um, what's your thoughts? Do you think it was uh, a, an interesting move, or I mean, I think it's just another page in the rich history of Coventry Blaze and Netminders. Um, they either get someone who's absolutely brilliant and an absolute lunatic, or someone great, and the coach decides. I, okay, like take that with a pinch of salt. I've said great. I think he wasn't the problem, as we've said. I, I don't think Phillips was the problem. Um, so now they've made a change there, which has completely bemused everyone. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see how how this goes and if this guy coming in at the midpoint of the season can fit in with these players who've been playing with Phillips, uh, with Jamie Phillips and. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. He makes his debut this weekend against Guildford. Um, that is a tough start to make. Um, Guildford are scoring goals. Um, they, as I said earlier, they seem to just be losing out on these these wins. That's a tough challenge for him straight yeah, in. I agree. I think so. Um, given the uniform they've been having, I think you're right, and it's it's. Uh been an interesting challenge because they they've seen they've kind of developed a real good rivalry between each other over the last few um last last season or so um so it will be an interesting one for him to start off on um Dave any thoughts on that before we move on to the next story um no not really yeah. I just don't think it was a 
It wasn't. Why I wasn't sitting going, "Geez, Coventry players need new netminders." <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you not think, like, just we're talking about Coventry netminders? Do you not think the league misses the likes of Brian Stewart? I think you miss a personality like that. Yeah. Like you do. We, we don't have. Is there anyone that springs to mind right now who is that kind of character currently on a roster who you know is good for? Something on any given night. Danny Shirt, or not Danny Shirt. Danny Shirt, just on the bench. He's always good for something. We're just talking about it there now. <laughs> Brian Shirt was. Uh, I don't even know if he was a character. There was something not quite right there. Yeah, there was something. Like, something loose was rattling around up there. But uh, yeah, no, no, Jermaine. There, there's not been the league hasn't had any in a while. But then again, I think it's the league getting very straight laced recently. Mm. Um, now there still is, you know, wind up. Is it playing in Europe? And, is it the Be league that, playing uh, in Europe, the the top teams playing in Europe, and therefore basically asking the the rest of the league to come up kicking and screaming that the professionalism has to go up, that we can't take these guys who are goalies who are smashing their sticks across crossbars. Um, now, uh, the other thing is, it still happens in the NHL as well. Yeah. You look at the tongue-in-cheek thing that the Bruins were doing a, a week ago. Um, they were uh, practicing at an open practice, and they were doing like a two-touch competition to wrap up um, their their practice. And Rask was on a shot out. He wasn't letting anything in. Just as the coach blew the whistle for ending that, one snuck by him. And everyone kind of went mental. All the players like clapping, congratulating the guy who scored it. Rask went very tongue-in-cheek and started rattling the stick off the crossbar, smashed the stick, tipped the um, goal over. <laughs> but this all went kind of viral because everyone's like, oh my God, Tucker Rask just lost it during practice. But then they had to be like, oh no, wait, he didn't lose it. It was all very much it was a, just joke. a joke. It, yeah, it was yeah. a joke. So, but that's because Rask has that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it precedes him. Yeah. His reputation yeah. precedes him. He's got a per- he's he's one of those players who's got a personality. Longfist got a, is another yeah. example. Longfist has that freaking Mendel's in it. Um, Pardon my yeah. language. <laughs> beep there. It was a freaking I think. Oh, it's okay. Carrie <laughs> Price is another one who's well known for occasionally just on a trigger, just losing it completely. We we don't have anything like that. No, now, I'm not saying I want. Uh, we don't I don't want, want a Grimaldi. I, I don't want that sort of character. What I like I think is you someone build that character when you get longevity. Yeah, whenever you have people that are there. You, don't get me wrong. You still, you, we've still got players who are like really kind of like you know getting in there and kind of you know getting on people's nerves and kind of winding up players. You kind of got so that still happening. We've got Bobby Farnham. Yeah, like, we've got, got that. But then it, but we it don't have. Too... So right, I've said we don't have these characters who don't cause all that. Okay, maybe that's with teal tinted spectacles. That yes, the rest of the league got to watch that video all day today of Bobby Farnham being waved down the tunnel. So maybe. <laughs> have we got that character at the minute in the league? and we're just a little bit oblivious to it Peta Pella can have a has his moments as well and you watch him he does yeah um, like we were talking about it with um, uh, Brendan Connolly am I right used to play for the Giants yes Yep. Um, and about how he was on Facebook and everyone was he was he that bad when he played for us I was like yes he was he was a complete nightmare mm-hmm. but he was sorry. our nightmare <laughs> speaking, speaking of Brendan Connolly sorry it's not on the agenda um did you guys see the tattoo? No. You guys didn't see... Right. When we're finished recording, remind me, I'm going to show you this. So, a fan in Sheffield oh, no. has the same name, is called Brendan Connolly, and got a tattoo on his upper leg... Is that who that was? Brendan, I've seen this. Brendan Connolly <coughs> on his leg, 
But the PR, so the team obviously were like, oh, come in, we'll get a photo. He's, with pretty good. He's got no trousers on. So yeah, he goes, he goes <laughs> bags down. He goes bags down, sitting on the bench, sitting on, sitting on the boards yeah. at the bench with Brendan Connolly signing this guy's thigh. I seen that. Trying to avoid having to move anything else out of the way to get his whole signature in there because you know it's going to be massive the way that he's going to write his it. His whole signature. Yeah. For a PC podcast. Did you see the tattoo? Yeah, I see it's it. horrendous. I haven't seen really the tattoo bad. yet. I've just seen, you know, seen that. Do you, know actually, do, you know find, do you know how I find it? Badly drawn Elite League. I put up yes. a fake one of it of I think it was actually Davy Phillips' head. It was on oh, it was David, David Phillips his, signing the Davy Phillips, Phillips uh, Elite, his badly drawing. drawn one, and it was really funny. And I was like, "What is this about? Is this a real thing? It must be a real thing because it looks like a real thing." And then I went and searched it to find it. Yeah, it's hilarious. It is disturbing to uh, say the least. We'll, but we'll to show you it after. Unreal. Um, Dave, let's go with your story next. Yeah, no bother. So this one's out of the league and over to the NIHL. Um, and the Leeds Chiefs, still the worst name in British ice hockey, but they uh, have now got uh, their rink in the new year. Um, they will start playing their first games in the new year out of Ellen Road, which I can't find a real photo of. I've only seen artistic yeah, yeah variations of it. Yeah. Even the I mean, outside, the photo, the photo that they've used for the news piece here, it looks like a cartoon. If I'm honest, yeah, it looks like an Amiga. <laughs> it looks like the, you're going to bust out Doom and start running through it. It, it does, it? yeah. Um, and I find another computer-generated one, and I find one which is the big blue tent with Ellen Road written on it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I can't find any photographs of this place. And you think if it was like this, this, if you Google um, Odyssey Arena. You find every photo from the start of its construction till it being finished. It has been there for pretty much twenty years now, though. No, but I mean, even like if, if but it's the if it's googling the you can see it being built like the day after. To be day fair, after they day. could have just googled ice rink and put a oh, photo yeah, of that. These up. are all just, yeah, you're right. These are all just fabricated. <laughs> yeah, it's really random digital images. I'm assuming it's going to be lovely. What I love um, is the <laughs> subtitle. I love the subtitle under this uh, artistic impression where it says "Planet Ice League is undergoing <laughs> work." Yeah, thought it was real. <laughs> of course it is because you're not going to play hockey in a cartoon. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's great. I think it's amazing that there's going to be a um, another rink um, in another city um, and, and allowing that ex- expansion. Um, it's not before time for that team as well what they have gone through they've played half a season um, away from home essentially having to even take their, their home we know another team who did that yeah and Manchester well, <laughs> no. bear, bear in mind as well this is the, the Leeds Chiefs who had their equipment stolen as well yeah. true no they have, um, they have done a fantastic so job they have they've gone through a lot in their first season so far I think it's only fitting that that has made yeah, a huge no. event of in Leeds um, to welcome those guys home. Hopefully they can have a better first home game do, than uh, the Giants did. Yeah, no. I do think that it is going to be um, fantastic and a build-up just in having it in Leeds is going to be uh, amazing. It would have been nice if they were in the, the Elite League and it would be amazing if they would change the name to the Leeds Jelly, Jelly Tots like they were meant to. And it's not a, bad, not a bad team actually to go against in their first game. It's going to be the Steel Dogs. Steel Dogs, yeah. Make it a good crowd, eh? Yeah. Um, uh, it's an, uh, one of the places now. There's plenty of places I want to go see, uh, see hockey in the league in the UK and uh, just add another one to it. Yep, definitely. Never know. Maybe in the future we'll see. Uh, the the elite league obviously put out. Don't know if we talked about this in the previous podcast, but there a few weeks back. Might be actually whenever we were 
might have been actually in the la- before last recording. It was um, the Elite League put out to say about you know obviously oh, yes, welcoming uh, expansion, uh, expansion and welcome requests for additional teams wanting to come into the league next year. So it'll be interesting. And to then see. that was then followed by a statement a couple of days or maybe a week later that um, the Elite League supported the decision of the new Milton Keynes owners to remain in the NIHL. Uh, for the uh, the next season, mm. um, so obviously the clearly the hope there from the elite league was going to be that the at least one of the teams to come up was going to be the Milton Keynes Lightning coming back into the elite mm. league. I think that is a smart move by the Lightning to stay in a market that they have tested for a season. It's brand new owners. Yeah. Um, let them get the run of the team under them first. Let them get a little bit of success down there before you start asking so much more of them to step up to the Elite League because we know how that goes when teams step up and they can't stay up. Yeah, indeed. Have I just done the title for the podcast again? I don't... Potentially. When you, when you get up and you can't stay up. Could be it. I was thinking of something else, but it's okay. We'll maybe go with that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, um, let's um, let's move to our last story of period one and sticking it with the NIHL. Um, John, this is a story you brought to the table. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So I came across this on uh, Twitter. So um, this was the story that the Streatham Hawks, not to be mistaken for the Streatham Red Hawks, who are the NIHL one team. This is the NIHL two team. Um, essentially if you like they're the the more junior team um from Stratham uh, not connected in any way at all to the other team I'm led to believe but they had to dismiss their NIHL2 manager for racist tweets and also forced the team into uh, a statement saying that the the Twitter feed uh, that the the team has uh, was maintained and run by supporters um, the uh, club have since taken over the account from the previous manager uh, who has been removed with immediate effect. Uh, comments were posted on her social media, uh, on her personal social media, that the club finds extremely racist and offensive. Streatham Hawks and Streatham Youth Ice Hockey Club are inclusive and welcome members from any race, religion, ethnic background or sexual orientation. They will not stand for any sort of racist comments or behaviour. Um I'll not go into it any further um, because the rest of it actually names the, the person involved, Mrs. Lee. Um, but guys, I I also included uh, some of the screenshots that were taken. Now, her Twitter uh, handle has since been deleted. Not just the tweets, her entire account has been deleted. Um, pretty shocking from someone who is running not just a sporting uh, organisation, but a youth organisation. And I think this is one of these times where we see obviously what's going on in politics yeah. has been brought across into sports and that should never be the case and no. I think yep. congratulations by the Streatham Hawks making the moves that they did um, to remove that person from that position of influence and 100%. privilege um, she should never in my opinion be allowed to have anything to do with running any kind of youth organisation like that or any sort of sporting or community organisation ever again yeah um yeah i mean it's it's not appropriate in this day and age and we've seen obviously you know repercussions for actions that have haven't happened in previous you know in, in historical um you know comments and stuff made in the nhl and stuff recently you know you guys talked about in your last podcast you know and how the the, the um co- coaches and well, we've seen nhl coaches names lose NHL their job and being held accountable for things that they've said in the past no matter what it was um we've seen uh big names over the last few months even on in the broadcast side of things with comments 
comments being made that shouldn't be made and, and, and you know obviously things happening and repercussions happening there so I think uh, the Streatham Hawks have done the right thing here in, in making the same clear distinction and saying that it's not acceptable yeah. within their organisation and I do think that the, a lot of this is see this um, I know that they've made the right decision and they've pushed the person out and all this just see when you're even if it's a non-official and put this right way around this is a was the she was in control of the actual she was she was in control of the if you like official Official, twitter um of the team she was obviously running that from and like to be fair i i do a lot of our social media stuff it's on what i put on my account from the same phone that i put the stuff on the door 14 i make a very definite differentiation between those like we've all we all have access to our our door that's not to be said that if i was to put something up that was entirely controversial on my personal one if it didn't sit well with you guys yeah yeah, then i would fully expect you guys to say right give us control of the the podcast uh social media and by the way you're also fired yeah get off our podcast pretty much yeah but you know that having her having access to that that'll be as much as she's now gone there's a lot of people that won't differentiate the that club name from those comments and it being somebody else controlling it now. You See, know, this, this is the thing as well, which, um, and this is why it became such a thing, was the the Streatham Hawks have recently rebranded as the Hawks. Uh, they used to be something else. But everyone very quickly and immediately got the wrong end of the stick and thought that the... this was coming out of the Red Hawks, out of the NIHL yeah. 1 team. Um, which, the reason it came up to me is I kind of keep an eye on some of the NIHL stuff on social media. Just don't uh, worry what's through... going on, yeah, and uh, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. It was through uh, our friend over at Banner on the Wall, um, who I kind of keep tracking all my stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was the the Red Hawks who had kind of put out saying, uh, "This is nothing to do with us. Yeah. Um, it's this lot over here." Um, and that's that's where it all came from. Um, so just you're right. The the way that the public view that yeah. immediately it was, oh look at the semi professional. A team who are having someone on their payroll who's spouting this sort of nonsense yeah. mm. um, and immediately they had to react which forced the Hawks to react and so on yeah. uh, and we, but and it does it damages it damages the image yeah and we've done we've seen some of it we've done sounds awful we have not done any yeah, of that we, we have seen um, it happen in other leagues you know where people have control over accounts who probably shouldn't or if they do they're not clear enough of a differentiate between them, their own points of view and the club point of view and yes, the point of view is totally wrong, uh, boarding on illegal, um, and the but it, the, even to come out of a, a club. Twitter I think is, I think uh, let alone uh, we've seen it uh, to a lesser extent. If you remember when everything kind of went down in Milton Keynes with the previous owners, funny we were just talking about them. Um, they all the issues that came out with the players who were departing okay. and they were having to take the social media. The owners obviously had um, control of the social media at that point and went from fits of putting absolutely nothing out to then putting very defensive tweets out, which was, you can't take it any other way than being the official position of the team and the ownership. Um, And they were being very combative and actually starting to kind of drag some of the players through the mud as well, which it it turned out was not the case at all. But that then forced, if you remember, the owner's son to get dragged through it all. That was really weird, that whole yeah. thing. So it was all very, very unusual. Um, but that's, I think, and I like to draw the comparison that we have here in Belfast because we have Mark Brooks, who takes care of all the sort of business end and the social media end yep. for the Giants um, and does Ooh. an absolutely outstanding job of differentiating because he's 
he's there towing the party line, he's there towing the team line, but the way that he does it is far, far better. Yeah. yeah. I do think the Giants benefit from it being a more corporate setup than yeah. a, than an owner in a back office somewhere. Yeah, yeah. no, agreed. So. But yeah, I can yeah. I can totally accept why it might be difficult for some of them to give up that control. Yeah. Um, but no, like we said, 100%, great job by the Hawks uh, in sort of exposing that and um, taking, making action. Their, taking action and making their Showing position the clear. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Okay, that takes us to the end of our period one. Um, we don't have anything in our penalty box segment for this period, so what we'll do is we'll get swiftly moved on to our period two of hockey. Hello and uh, welcome to period two of hockey. Um, I have been ill for the last two weeks, so I haven't got any uh, prep work done for day in history or any of that stuff. We'll get back to that in the next podcast. Which excuse number is this one this time? Uh, it must be in the triple figures. Two, like. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, there's only 50-something podcasts, and I still have 200 <laughs> <laughs> excuses. Um, so I will start off with the story that I uh, think I like the most, and I'll fire it over to John. <laughs> okay um, I see the way that we're going with this uh, so this is the story that broke late last week um, that former Sheffield Steelers and Coventry Blaze head coach Paul Thompson has now interestingly enough this news piece says departs uh, from what I understand he was fired um, from his DEL team the Schwenninger Wild Wings uh, the Wild Wings have languished at the bottom of the DEL since Thompson took over. Um, it seems that they were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt after last season, but considering that they have effectively moved nowhere and have stayed rooted to the bottom of the DEL, they've decided that uh, Paul is not the man for the job there. Um, guys, interesting to look at because this was lauded as a huge victory for British coaching at the time. Yeah. was quickly followed with the departure of um, the GB coach um, whose name has currently escaped me. Who coaches GB? Pete Russell. Pete, Pete Russell. Russell. So he <laughs> he was then, uh, he then departed out for uh, European leagues as well. But the journey has come to an end for Paul. Um, do we think he crops up somewhere a little bit closer to home at some point? Um, considering I still think he has a majority share in Coventry, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say he so. He used to be the majority shareholder in Coventry. So. I think uh, Danny knows that he's maybe going to get moved on, so That's he's just he changing said. out goaltenders. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Paul. Deal with that. <laughs> um, but no, I, don't, I do think we'll see him linger. He, he, he's seem linger yeah I do think this is the thing it's that like a bad me. smell he, in my opinion he's an unbelievable coach um, and he has done fantastic work um, in Coventry back in the day um, well he led them to, to two elite league titles I think so Something yeah silly but like his first and then his return season was it did he get on his return I can't remember there and, was something yeah but he always reminded me of a guy who can, can go in and he used to know whenever you've seen him sign in players used to sign really well um, but yeah, I do think he'll turn up back in the elite league. I don't know. Think I don't think we'll see anything in the short term. Maybe in the long to medium term, we'll see see him back somewhere. And, and if he still has that control and share in Coventry, yeah, yeah. Do you think agree. after this though, if you have spent the guts of a season and a bit at the bottom of a league, do you look at your yourself as a coach? He has a long career as a coach behind him now. Does he look at this and go, yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm beyond it now. I don't want to say yeah. he's past it. You said he's I, past I, his prime. I, I'm, I don't want to say that at all because I, I, I honestly, I agree with Dave. I think he is an outstanding coach. I think as long as he's 
not coaching another team in our league, I would say that. As soon as he steps back into the elite league, um, I will call him every name under the sun uh, and will tell you how awful he is at his job. But that's got to be hard to take professionally, let alone personally, um, to have taken that step up to the DEL, which was seen as being a huge move at the unless time. He, unless he goes for something in um, one of the lower leagues in Europe. And see but if he can get are one of those teams going to look at those numbers that he has and are they seriously going to give him any consideration now or is his only option to come back they home? They may just look at it as not, well it was the Dell after all you know they might look at it that way but yeah. I don't know it's hard to say it's hard, hard to, say. to tell was it uh, Wilson the Newcastle's old yes he's still in the Dell isn't he? I don't know actually I don't know where I he went I have, have to have a good Google maybe try and get that for the next podcast just to see where all the it was former runs have went like. it's interesting that um, where, when Thompson was released they also released the assistant coach Mike Flanagan as well at the same time well, he, he was brought so in he's part of both Paul's coaches team left. if yeah. you like so uh, it's a, a complete coaching change if you like is happening there okay cool um Marty, you have the last remaining stories. I don't think they're awfully cheery. So. No, um, obviously this is the story um, coming off this last was it last week. Um, yeah. This was announced um, from the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Oscar Lindblom um, had been diagnosed with uh, cancer and it was confirmed the team themselves, the, um, the Philadelphia Flyers, um, put out a press release last week um, highlighting, um, obviously, what has happened and, and highlighting their support for this 23-year-old player. Um, in their uh, press release, they, they stated, uh, forward Oscar Lindham has been diagnosed with Ewing's sarcoma uh, by leading specialists in the University of Pennsylvania. He's undergoing, he will undergo further testing and evaluation next week and begin treatment immediately thereafter. He's not expected to, re- he's not expected to return to play for the remainder of this season, but the Flyers will do everything possible to support Oscar and assist him in securing the best care available. Out of respect for Oscar and his family, the team will have no further comment at this time and ask that Oscar be afforded a period of privacy so that he may focus on all his efforts for treatment and getting back to full health. Um, this is obviously great. You know, it was it was great that, you know, obviously support. And obviously we're not surprised there was support from, you know, his team and the Flyers giving that support. Um, what further came then was this past weekend. Um, the Flyers fans um, playing a massive tribute to Oscar Lindblom um, during the game um, they had signs that said I fight for Oscar um, and they held him up throughout the game um, this is the hockey fights cancer signs um, and that was a, a, a you know huge presence there as well around it um, during warm-ups the Flyers also wore hockey fights cancer jerseys um, which are being auctioned off um, and all the proceeds from that will be benefiting Ewing Sarcoma Research specifically um, at the Sarcoma Foundation of America um, in order to help um, find a cure and um, fight for Oscar. Um, so again, and just another good sign, another good point of, yeah. you know, obviously Big support, hockey family. hockey family, support coming through for, for a player. Um, 23 year old, um, you know, obviously it's a rare bone cancer that he's been diagnosed with. how rare it is? Yeah. It affects less than 200 children and young adults in the US and it's more year. common in the age between 10 and 20 um, so it's it's quite a it's quite so it's an interesting even rare one for him to yeah. be diagnosed at this point um, but yeah I mean he's got a positive attitude positive look so far you know he said um you know, Oscar was there. He went to the training, or he went to warm ups, or something, or he was at the sorry, he was at the arena on um on on Saturday and stuff, and he had a very positive attitude. Um, you know, kind of helped, kind of you know, help uplift the team and stuff and everything else. So again, um, our thoughts are with him. Um, all the best in his recovery and his fight against um cancer, and and hopefully he can kick cancer's ass. So, yeah, here here. 
Cheers, and it's really sad one. Um, okay, then when we're on to the penalty box, um, and we have somebody waving at me there. The most, um, I don't know, how to describe that, John? You can try and work that one out. <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of the. Mm, yeah, same word. Yeah. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst. Gruesome. There's the done it in the actual article. Gruesome. Gruesome is a good way to put it. Uh, this was the story of uh, the Niagara Ice Dogs goalie Tucker T- uh, Tynan. Um, uh, I think it was last weekend there, uh, just past. Twelfth, yeah. Who um, suffered uh, an unbelievable <coughs> injury um, during Freak play as well, against like- the London Knights. Um, Tucker's in goal. Uh, London Knights crash the goal, and a, a London player goes down. And unfortunately, just the way in which the London player skates right up, they go underneath his pads and beyond the sort of padded section of his shorts that go underneath the pads as well and cut his leg quite badly. Um, now, from reading additional material on this, guys, I've, I've let you guys see the video uh, while we're chatting away here. Um, there are further reports suggest that it was not, in fact, his uh, carotid, or not his carotid artery, sorry, his, um, the major artery in Damn his wrong. leg. Um, yep, that's the one. Uh, but was um, obviously an incredibly vascular area of his leg. Um, the pool of blood that comes mm. from underneath his it's pads huge. is incredibly big and spreads incredibly fast. Uh, Tucker was um, dealt with by... Uh, on ice medical staff and paramedics at the arena. Uh, he was then taken to hospital and had emergency surgery on his leg to stop the bleeding and fix the damage. He's since been on Twitter himself um, and gave a statement out to everyone uh, just to say, just want to say thanks to everyone for the kind words. Truly, they mean more than anyone can ever know. An unfortunate situation. Looking forward to recovering and coming back even stronger and healthier than before. Clearly, he knows that uh, the London player meant absolutely nothing by it. Um, and this was this was the next day. This was December 13th. So this is him in the hospital tweeting this out uh, straight after. Um, so fair play to the kid. Um, we, all of us here, don't like to see those sort of um, injuries or any kind of injury on the ice, but especially not those ones where, unfortunately, we've seen other traumatic, vascular injuries um, famous ones uh, goalies getting necks cut yeah. Um, yeah, all the harsh. rest they're, yeah. they're not brilliant to watch um, it's not something that we ever want to see in hockey uh, even if you like the physical edge of the game that's not something that you like to see yeah. nobody should go home from their job injured um, but Tucker get well soon and uh, get back on the ice as soon as you can Yeah. cheers thanks John I think that's the last one and we'll move uh, swiftly on then to period three. Period three then is our general Noggy news. news. Oh, it's so good to have like more than one other voice doing that again. <laughs> so nice. I always forget I miss the everyone doing it. Um, so Noggy News is where we get to talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we think needs a little bit of attention. Uh, this time around, guys, I've done all the work. It's my period, so I did all the work. I was uh, trying to find. I, I genuinely it's been a quiet. It's been a quiet news month. Um, you almost feel like kind of glad that Giants-Devils game went away. <laughs> that otherwise, we'd have nothing to talk about. Um, so I'm going to start off with the simple and easy one. Uh, this was the story that um, last week 
Russia have been handed yet another ban from international sports. This time it's basically everything that anyone can compete under the name of Russia and that includes the ice hockey again. So we're going to go through the second Olympic run um, in I believe it's 2022 um, without uh, a Russian team. What we will probably have is the Olympic athletes from Russia. However, that's up for potential scrutiny as well because um, now the question is, even if these players are coming and competing as the Olympic athletes from Russia, because this has been seen to be a national issue and it's a systemic issue in Russian sports, yeah. can you adequately say that all of those athletes that are coming are clean? Yeah. Um, I think you can it, prove they are clean currently, but can you prove that they weren't forced into sort of state doping? Yeah. Um. No one's for one saying that a lot of these was what the people that are that could compete, um, did so intentionally. Um. It's if it's so ingrained in the system, how do you know that it wasn't forced on them at a young age? Um. You know, through different dietary pieces and things like that. There. Yep. Um. The interesting thing as well is obviously um not Russia the Olympic athletes from Russia won the gold last mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um. So they walked away with it. Um, it's interesting reading through uh, one of the one of the names uh, there. So during a doping scandal, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk was uh, ah. one of the players who received a, a gold medal back in Pyeongchang mm-hmm. uh, a year or so ago. Um, we all know his love for uh, recreational drugs. Uh, instead, that's been well publicised uh, through this year. Um, so it will be interesting to see how uh, maybe the IOC take that obviously they can't they don't have any different doping rules than uh sort of the the world anti-doping uh, association um and i don't think they take recreational drugs as being sports enhancing or performance enhancing drugs either um so he could probably skate up the ice and uh sniff all he wants to sniff all the snow he wants to up the up the rink um but uh no it'll be it'll be interesting to see if there's a, maybe a stricter line taken around these russian olympic athletes and the way that they compete um, so there's that. Guys, any thoughts yourselves on it? I mean, it's a pretty open and shut. I think no, we all expected I it mean, to come. The, yeah, I think this was expected. I think they were, t- they were they were obviously trying to make a decision on this coming up. I think 2020 is the next Winter Olympics, isn't it correct? No, 2020 is Summer Olympics. Is it? And 2022 oh, is Oh, yeah, Olympics. it is. It is. You're right. Um, so, yeah, I think there obviously this decision needed to be made, made quite quickly, obviously, given the fact that, you know, we are on the cusp of 2020 now. Um so obviously the Winter Olympics are, or the Summer Olympics are coming up in a, f- in a number of months' time. Um, so yeah, not surprising. Um, I guess, you know, um, that was a massive, massive scandal at the time, you know, massive statewide, mm-hmm. you know, drugging that was going on. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised and I think that's the right thing to do. It will be interesting to see, you know, if it's the same as last time, as you mentioned there, John, you know, the, the um, Olympic athletes from Russia or OAR is not what they were calling yep. themselves last time so it'll be interesting to see if we'll have a, a contingent of that happening or if that will be um, focused on or if there'll be a decision made on that I think Dave you mentioned something about that yeah. earlier on or something um, but we don't know the full details in and out of that yet see see for me just looking at the photo that they've used uh, they've uh, I, I think that's Datsuk they've got at the front yeah. there um, that jersey is not the worst jersey in the world <laughs> okay so what I'm trying to get at here is these guys are being banned or that the country is being banned yep. and someone is having to come up with this jersey. Do you not think it should be a jersey they should be ashamed to put on? Uh, like a big, just a plain white one. Just, but yeah, yeah plain no white. No colours at yeah. all. No colours, no nothing red, at all. White, no, red, white, blue. Stars and stripes on it. 
Yeah. <laughs> They'll not wear that. <laughs> Just, I, I don't know. Like, get get casual fans to design something. I mean, I know exactly what I would draw on it. It's got one long piece and two smaller round pieces on it. Rocket ship. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> um, they're all rockets. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh. Sorry, that's uh, just because we like jerseys. That I think was probably actually the Olympic athletes from Russia was one of the better yeah, well, designs, nice. better but looking it, jerseys it, was that it, was at that Olympics. It was their jersey, just without their logo on it. Um, yeah. It kept the same design, same styling. It had the same gradients that all the other jerseys had. And then they just went, "We'll take the logo off." And then they went, "Where we're going to put in this place?" And they went, "Oh, Olympic athletes from Russia, done." Yeah. And a number. I just I feel like it should be something that they shouldn't want to wear. Yeah. They should want to clean up their act nationally. They should want to get back well, this to is the thing that as I, their country. I think we so mentioned make last. it that it's so embarrassing that they have to get clean. I think the, la- the, the, the when the last ban came in, we talked about this. I vaguely remember talking about is that there was then there was no sort of exit clause. How do they prove that they're now clean? You know what checks do they have to go through if they're not competing at a global level? How do you prove they're not doping? Mm. Yeah, if you're taking them out of at that high level. Yeah. You know, then you just hope that you're just hoping and praying that they're going to come out the other end. So I think the needs to think about that as an exit strategy. How is Russia going to prove that they're no longer state open? Um, you know, do they just have to stay out of the major competitions and you know keep passing drug tests for four years? Um, but if that's the case, then you would have hoped that would have happened. I don't yeah. know. Um, but the and then have a plan because I think the Olympics same as NHLers not going to the Olympics does impact the quality um, of the, the, the product you put on the ice um, now well when, it does when the KHL has no problem and yeah. the DEL has no problem and the EIHL has <laughs> no problem we can't even say that top, top, talent. top talent you can't even put that tongue in cheek because we're not that no. far off <laughs> so like Clearly, if you're not going to have the top competitors from North America um, coming in, uh, now obviously we all know that Ovi takes issue with the NHL stance mm-hmm. and he's previously said that he will flout the, the ban and he will represent his country. Um, but fact, he will be representing his country. <laughs> well, no, he'd be representing the Olympic Committee, apparently. Um, but, yeah, it, it skews the result. And we saw that with the OAR still coming out on top, still winning a gold medal. And for me, that should be embarrassing for the Olympics is you've banned the country, but still their athletes have come and beat everyone. Yeah. Now, I don't doubt that these guys were getting tested at the same time. And if there'd been anything else, they would have had the gold medal taken off them. The team would have been banned, whatever else. So you would expect that these guys are clean. Maybe except for Kovalchuk. Um, uh, yeah. Not um, just keeping himself topped up with his uh, recreational gear. Yeah, I mean, you you know, just... As much gear as uh, John DeLorean had when he was building the door. <laughs> as much as you can take, you just... You know when Cobalt's coming on the ice because all you can hear is... <laughs> I, like that, I like that bring it back really local thing there. Yeah, that was quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very good. He's the only man to, to, to take uh, the Thatcher government for all they're worth and do it, do it with a smile on his face. Anyway, so that's our two cents on that. Uh, we'll see how that develops over the next couple of and years. And also our two cents on politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes as we move towards the 2022 Olympics in Beijing. Guys, there's only one other thing to discuss in period three uh, this time around. and It's a quick mention of something that's happening in a couple of weeks' time. 
Um, the NCAA is going to be back in Belfast on the 4th and 5th of January. Uh, Quinnipiac University and Merrimack College's uh, women's teams will be playing two games at the SSE Arena. Tickets are free to these events. There is no excuse for not going down and watching these games. Anyone who was down there last season for the first uh, outside of North America NCAA sanctioned games that were held at the SSE will know that they were two of the fastest and most skilled games that were played at that arena, probably outside of the Friendship Four. Um, and I'm including pretty much every Belfast Giants game that yeah. we watched last season there, uh, including the Continental Cup. These games are brilliant. Unfortunately, I am going to miss them this year uh, with being over in Scotland uh, for Hogmanay. But guys, are you planning to be there for these games? Yeah, yep. well, yeah. planning yeah. to be both. Yeah. Um, hope they bring their band. Well, I don't know if either of these guys are bringing a band. Um, obviously, I would imagine that Probably the the majority of Belfast are going to be back in Quinnipiac, given that their men's team yeah. were here a couple of years ago. I'd say so. Um, so tough luck, Merrimack, but uh, come out and take the challenge on and uh, see how you get on. <laughs> these are two games, competitive games as well. They're for points. Mm, uh, yeah. I think both games are competitive. Yep. Um, so it's slightly different from the Friendship Four in that just the first games are um, NCAA competitive. There's no there's no winner like a. Uh, no, there isn't. So there. Wow. Um, I'm trying to remember if they're exhibition games or if they are competitive games. Uh, I think maybe one of them is definitely competitive, but um, to make it a longer weekend, they asked them to play two games. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe only one of them is uh, for points. I will admit I did struggle to actually find any information online about this. Uh, This is the Friendship Series. That's a bit of a shame. Um, it is a little bit of a shame. I would like to hope that once we get beyond the sort of novelty Christmas games oh, yeah, uh, for the Giants at the SSE, they will really start to ramp up um, the PR for these. Um, they're definitely worth getting down to, folks. Regardless of how much press they put out for them, uh, it's the hockey is every bit as good as the Friendship Four. Um, so get down and watch these games uh, if possible. And if they're doing it, if they have a webcast, I will be tuning in for the webcasts. Well said. Yep. Right. Um, that brings us on to our star segment. Our star segment then is the the little competition that we have running, where all of us, uh, and including you guys, the fans, get to point out something to us, uh, whether it's a player, whether it's a play, whether it's a team, whether it's a specific goal or anything really um, that you think needs a certain bit of plaudit, um, and you think might win you the point. Last time around, there were three nominees. The nominees were, in no particular order, <coughs> myself. I nominated the Friendship Four competition uh, in the wake of uh, that brilliant weekend of hockey. Aaron went for the Northeastern Huskies, uh, given that they won the Friendship Four. And the fans, and namely Joe, nominated the the Sharks prospect kid with his um, roundhouse goal and moonwalk Selly. I can now reveal the results of the vote, which I will admit were put on a little bit late and only had three <laughs> days to run. But they're in. The, it's, it's, on, it's, it's, it's done. It's, it's done. finished. And we have the results. So with 15% of the vote and in third and last place is me. Oh. Again. You'll still get, you'll get that you point one day. No, no he hasn't. Um, Story in, of his life. Yeah, no. <laughs> in second place with 25% of the vote is 
Aaron with the Northeastern Huskies, which means with sixty percent of the vote <laughs> is the fans uh, with the, the sharks, fans. the sharks moonwalk kid. Uh, guys, that puts the fans in the lead again on three points. So, so me and it's ramping up. We're halfway through the season. Um, admittedly, we still have now, Marty. To be fair, you're lifting it out there. We do have a game at the weekend. We we know that last time the fans you know won what? and Joe. Uh, actually had it so I have to you bring it with, it with me. you because otherwise I'll forget it so Joe um, this weekend this Saturday I will be up at Boomerang uh, for you to get your photo with the Door 14 <laughs> wait until you see it it is the best ever best it's the best the trophy yeah. in British ice hockey right now <laughs> um, that brings us then to the nominees for this time it's around the second best one in the because yeah, I still say Challenge Cup's fantastic. The one-legged? Yeah. Challenge, or one one handled. I put on Twitter... I put on Twitter during that game uh, the other day, I still stand that regardless of the result and regardless of who wins it in the end, we hold on to that handle. <laughs> um, so, the nominees this time around, um, and I'm having to lean over uh, to look at Dave's computer here for this one. Um, Marty, you have a nominee, and I'm going to come to you first, and I think for good reason. Yep, um, my nominee. Uh, we've already mentioned in this podcast in this podcast already in period two of hockey. This might seem like a really simple, easy choice to do, but I, 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 I genuinely uh, just want to put it in there. Um, it's Oscar Lindblom, um, obviously going through quite a tough time right now. Um, diag- that diagnosis, um, you know, of, of, of the cancer coming on to him at this age, and 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 the. The, the type of cancer that he has it's going to be a tough uphill battle um, but um, hopefully he'll be able to get through it and uh, yeah just a, a nod to him and that's why he's my star for this week okay fair play Dave you are here this time but you've said that you're not nominating yeah I really haven't watched any uh, live games properly the last live game I was at uh, I was um, dosed the cold and I'm still not quite right so I haven't really been watching highlights and you can't really pick a star from highlights so uh, nothing for me this week. It's never stopped us picking stars from the NHL before. <laughs> I watch the condensed games, the full games. Like the um, you've obviously got more uh, time than I have. Well, only, um, wa- only watch the Wilds. So <laughs> kind of makes it easier. <laughs> um, that then brings us on to Aaron, who obviously we all know the rules by this point. You're not here. You don't nominate. Um, and again, fans, no nomination this time. So it's a two horse race. My nomination, and I can already see the way that this is going to go, because of who I've nominated uh, and also why I've nominated him. I'm nominating Blair Riley. Stands back, wait for things to be thrown. I'm nominating Blair Riley very, very specifically because I'm sick of relying on the Belfast Giants fan base for, for votes. And it's not working, with, so I'm going to try uh, to carve devils. No, it's, jo- it's not. Should have went with Joey Martin. It's not. No, no. <laughs> I'm going for Blair Riley, and it's nothing to do with the former connection to the Belfast <coughs> Giants, but it has everything to do with the game against the Belfast Giants in the Viola Arena on Wednesday night. Anyone who watched the game or watched the highlights or has anything to do with any sort of elite league, social media, Belfast Giants or Cardiff Devils social media um, will have seen the action that took place in the last two minutes of the game where Bobby Farnham was essentially ejected from the game. That led to um, Blair waving Bobby down the tunnel. In And Marty, you're going to need to beep this again. One of the finest pieces of housery I have seen in a long time by a player on the ice. Um, He is clearly providing something on that devil's bench. It may not be goals, it may not be assists, it may not be as a captain, but he is providing something. Um, 
And for that reason and that reason alone, I am nominating Blair Riley of the Cardiff Devils. Brave man. I can't wait to get only one vote in this poll this time because it'll be me. I can't believe you could say that without almost throwing up. Nah, well, it's not like I nominated our former 91. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, that then rounds up the stars and brings us on to overtime. Yep. Um, the last part of this week's episode will be our overtime segment. No iron this week, so no uh, no closing off the episode with a nice uh, tale from the ABCs of hockey. Um, so we'll stick to our overtime segment and... Um, finish off our episode and given the fact that it is Christmas um, and we are literally a couple of days removed from Christmas Day the big day happening and and, and Santa coming along and bringing all those hockey related gifts and presents to leave them under your tree uh, we thought we'd take a look at one of our favourite things in the whole entire world uh, an episode doesn't really pass without us talking about something um, of this type although we haven't talked about it. we didn't talk about it last week or the week before anyway uh, I digress um, but we're looking at uh Hockey jerseys, uh, specifically hockey jerseys that have been designed for Christmas. This next weekend, we'll see a number of the league teams um, themselves donning Christmas themed jerseys uh, coming up to the hockey, uh, coming up to Christmas Day. Uh, the Giants themselves, they will probably wear two different variations of their hockey jersey. They'll probably wear a teal one and a white one. Um, there's a slight kind of giveaway today like a, a teaser. slight teaser today and you can see there's some snowflakes and stuff on this year's Giants jersey I think we all own a different variation of a, of a Giants jersey for Christmas we do I love this time of year because I get to get my dick away <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, I obviously have me and Dave have similar um, yep. ho- uh, Christmas ones I have I think, four of them I was about to say I think uh, Aaron, uh, Dave owns half the team yeah. of that year yeah. uh, Christmas jerseys <laughs> I was trying to get um, Lyle and I'm getting all random ones but we've seen variations of them um, and do you this- know hang on do you know who has the Lyle one? Oh, I put it now. Oh, you do have that. Right, okay, sorry. That's why I've got four of them. It's got somebody else's name written on it, as in in Sharpie, which isn't coming out. (laughs) Um, They haven't really... So the the NHL, you don't really see a variation. You don't see any Christmas-themed jerseys, but um, rest assured, ACHL and other teams across the the, um, North uh, North America as well will try out different variations of jerseys as well that are Christmas jerseys. And this, uh, thanks to John, he shared this this post with us today. Um, Five variations of Christmas jerseys, which should be noted um number five being the reading royals um which is a nice standard christmas See, looking this, this is the thing the the piece puts it down as being the five worst christmas jerseys that reading royals yeah. one is I actually like not bad. One. it actually looks like a proper ugly christmas sweater no, which is what we you get want. To number one number one is something yeah, altogether something different. different but yeah the reading royals one's quite nice you know it looks like a proper christmas jumper you know it's got the nice little patterned you know it's it looks good i like it um number four is fort wayne comets in the echl it's a dodgy looking jersey though that's really bad compared to number five also with the shiny shoulders i don't know five sit at least five hey, is quite nothing wrong with shiny shoulders <laughs> oh yeah your preds one your your silver preds, one like second season have this amazing <laughs> did, silver shoulder did they not have like an entire silver jersey at one point I think they might have done it. <laughs> the, uh, in third place uh, for worst jersey was Las Vegas Wranglers in the ECHL. He likes it. I like it. I like it too. Yeah. I, 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 the Santa I Claus outfit, the Santa Claus. that We seen that, was it last year? Did we see that someone have a Santa one last year? So. But the, the, the Santa beard looks like you would take your hand off with it. It looks short. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... It reminds me, I need to try and, I'll try and see, I can't bring up the thing when I'm going through this. Um, I'll bring it up in a second. Number two is uh, Thomas Sabo Ice Tigers from Nuremberg, Germany. Mm. Um, it's a bit 
bland. It's a bit yeah. like, yeah. Um, it's a nice little. I think. I think it's, mostly, a case, it's a nice German background. You know, like little huts all lit up for Christmas. Santa Claus going across. I think it's got mostly the nice with pine this trees. one, the, whoever wrote this piece has an issue with the uh, advertising. Can you imagine what that person would do if they saw the ice and chef? I was about to say, it's <laughs> clearly an American writing this because he doesn't understand that you're going to have a uh, number of different um, variations of advertising. Of course, going to be advertising to Germany. And number one, yeah, you're oh. right. Is the number number one is the Florida Everblades? I'm loving the fact ECTL that they think there's going to be snow with their lime <laughs> lime green, white, and red Happy Holidays palm tree explosion with of, an alligator. It's oh my! It is. It's like there's lava at the bottom. Yeah, um, it's the least Christmassy. Do you know the best thing about it though? Reebok made it. So not only did somebody take that design and somehow got that into production, Reebok went and said, yeah, this is a great idea. We're going to make those for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can have a look yourselves. We will share the, as usual, we'll share it. Um, have a look yourselves. Um, we we like a good jersey here, but some of those jerseys, oh God, awful ideas. But number five, actually, I don't think is too bad, but let us know your thoughts, see what you think. Um, we, let, as us know, I, let us know your favourite. Now, Dave, Dave's done some digging. He's actually found a, a really nice one. The Toledo Walleyes Christmas jersey. It's uh, that's who I was trying to find. Glass. It's like a, it's an ugly jumper, but it's the blue and uh, yellow it's glass. I like was it. trying to find that, and I was trying to find who who played for them. Oh, Kiefer. Yep. I was also trying User, to find. Um, there was one last year from who was it last year? Was it? Was it the? Was it maybe the Atlantic Atlantic Gladiators last Glads? year? The Glads. I think the Glads did do. I think they an had interesting Christmas a one. Christmas one last year, and I was trying to find it, but I'll have to find it. if I can find it, I'll throw it up. But yes, uh, wherever you are um, across the world listening to this podcast, uh, we know you have we we know we have at least one listener from Australia anyway. Um, but wherever you are across the world listening to the podcast, we hope you have a. Uh, great festive uh, holiday, um, whatever that may be for you. Um, if you um, celebrate Christmas, uh, hopefully you you enjoy it, you get what you want, you get everything you ask for off Santa Claus. You get some good hockey merch over the mm. the common month, over the common week, over the common week. Spe- um, speaking of, thank you, yes. uh, Marty Claus, for um, bringing back our our little uh, keychains. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, um, from the the NHL store in New York. I need to make sure I brought you something back from the NHL store, so I, I brought you back a little keychain. Aaron, you'll get yours the next day you're in. Um, little puck versions of uh, each of their team logos. There's, but yeah. there's an incentive for you, Aaron. Indeed. Um, but whatever you are uh, across across the world, as we say, uh, we want to wish everyone a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we will round off this episode as we always do with just kind of uh, pointing in the right direction of where you need to go for getting involved. So uh, check out our social media um, at Door14Hockey on Instagram, Twitter and also Facebook. Um, get involved with the stories. Check out our upcoming poll, me versus John. Me hopefully winning that one. Um, yeah, and hopefully. also check out our website, door14hockey.com. We can get all the previous episodes and content that we talk about in this episode and previous episodes. Um, with that, uh, it's nothing else more but to sign off for this episode and to uh, wish you all again a happy new year. And we'll see you in 2020. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. Merry Christmas. Have a great week. 